What do you do at the end of your speech? When judging speech contests, it's a recognized phenomenon that the first and the last speakers are the ones who get the most brain space in the judge's mind. It's the same with our speeches. People remember the opening and the conclusion. We hope they will remember our call to action, which is why it's critical to put effort into the end of your speech. This is my worst skill. I struggle over conclusions. Despite my insistence on this podcast that you write your ending first, I still fail to nail the ending more than I succeed. Today on the podcast, we'll talk about the end of the speech, how to build a great conclusion as soon as you know what it is. Are you looking for a way to change the world, to make an impact on the people and the situations around you? then you need public speaking and leadership skills. That means you need Toastmasters. Every week, you can spend an hour learning these techniques, finding your voice, and have fun while you do it. This is Toastmasters 101. I'm your host, Kim Cragy. Recently, I gave a speech from the Visionary Communications Path from Level 5, Develop Your Vision. The irony dripped from this speech. The purpose of this project is to develop a vision and long-term goals to achieve a specific change in your life or your business or your organization. Frankly, I have issues with this idea. I think we spend so much time spinning our wheels talking about vision statements and mission statements and goal setting, and we wear ourselves out, drowning whatever motivation we had in the swamp of building expectations and plans. Okay, so that's my take. I know I'm not in agreement with the rest of the world, but hey, I do me. If you have a problem with the speech project, it's hard to do it. And this is why this project sat on my to-do list for so long. It's been five months since I finished all the other projects for this path. And frankly, although I say I don't like visions, missions, and goals, essentially that was the whole create a storytelling path that I've been doing for the last year. As I said, lots of irony here. So I created a presentation to go along with my speech. I had the perfect graphics, including pictures of the references I used to put this path together. But when I started the presentation, a lot of the graphics disappeared. They were there before and they're back now. But for the 10 minutes of this presentation, They were not to be seen, which means I had to skip to slide four where my text was visible to get started with my speech. That noise you hear, that's me banging my head on the desktop. I didn't want to take the time to reboot or reload, so I just went with it. I had the notes that were underneath the slides, so I did the best that I could to remember what the image were supposed to prompt me to talk about. Then we got to the end of the speech, and you know what it was, another blank slide. I took a deep breath and completely forgot what it was that I wanted to say at the conclusion of this speech. I'm sure that it was something witty about the irony of giving a speech about how I failed to appreciate the power of developing visions and missions and goals when that was what I had just spent the last year doing. Instead, I said something about how we need to take Toastmasters Pathways projects and make them work for us, regardless of the project's goals. 
I've got three distinguished Toastmasters awards, including one in Pathways. No other path interests me right now, but storytelling does. So creating a path that meets my needs and challenges me is a lot more important to me than fulfilling the letter of the law of the project. Then I remember we have a guest at this meeting, Marta. Marta is brand new to Toastmasters and is preparing her first icebreaker speech. And here I am telling her to ignore it if it doesn't work for her. Oops. I thought I was droning on and I was a bit worried, but I wrapped it up and finally waited for Mo, my evaluator, to nail me on rambling in my conclusion. Instead, I got compliments on it. My takeaways from this are these. Number one, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to take away that if I feel like I'm rambling at the end of the speech, I'm doing better. Doesn't make much sense. Number two, I have learned my lesson that I need to check for a third time to make sure that my presentation is going to play properly before the meeting starts. Number three, the call to action needs to be specific, personal to the members of the audience, not general, and put in some persuasion logos and pathos, ethos into it. With this in mind, let's take a look at how you create your conclusions to your speeches. Your call to action must be crafted, not just thrown in at the end of your speech. I have said many times that you need to know where you're going in a speech to make sure you get there. That's why I tell you to start at the end. And after you write the rest of the speech, you come back and you refine it. Let's get specific. Use the persuasive techniques at the end of your speech in that call to action to move your audience into action. Appeal to their character, whether it's their competitive spirit or their inner call to excellence. Lay out the rationale for why this action needs to be done and when. Capture their hearts with an emotional benefit appeal of doing what you ask. It works but you have to work to do it. I don't believe this trio comes naturally to most people. We have to think about it. That's why I felt like I was rambling. I didn't have it concise as I normally do. I spelled out my call to action and my appeal to my audience's self-interest. I downplayed the structure of the path in exchange for their goals and their reasons for joining Toastmasters. I said that this method of using the Pathways program will be the best way for them to grow. I offered to help. Ethos, logos, pathos. Accidentally, I had all three of them in the conclusion of that speech. Often, though, I put those in the middle of my speech, not at the end. I put the middle in the middle. In script writing, this is called laying the track or laying the pipe. It's prepping the audience for the ending that will ultimately be reasonable, fair, and appeal to them emotionally. We want the villain to fail. We want the hero to succeed. That's why you have to know the ending first. By identifying your call to action, your middle is built to support that call to action. In my speech, I spent some time talking about the way I changed up the elective in level five for this path to be more about storytelling. But none I truly felt fit with storytelling. So I merged ethical leadership and moderate a panel discussion into a story slam. Story slams are contests between storytellers. Our club had its January open house and we turned it into a story slam. 
Each story that was told by a speaker was about an ethical question that they had faced in their lives. The members loved this meeting. We had a few guests. Frankly, I needed to do better marketing. But every time the Story Slam comes up in conversation, the people who attended it say how much they enjoyed it. I could have ended the speech with that. I could have said, we had fun. Let's do it again sometime. No, that needs to be in the middle of the speech because it lays the pipe for the final conclusion, which is change the path to suit your needs. Call it foreshadowing. Call it warming up the audience for the big finale. Call it whatever you want, but you put that in the middle. Should the end of the year speech just sum it all up? There's that school of thought of tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them what you're telling them, and tell them what you told them, which means that in your conclusion, you're telling your audience the same thing three times. Do you like being told the same thing three times? I don't love that. Then there's that summation. How is this not repetition? It's not a repeat if, at the end of your speech, you help your audience draw conclusions that lead into the call of action. Here's an example. We've examined the need for better dandelion breeding and our commitment to developing this undervalued plant as a food source. You may have never considered what you do to dandelions and how it has an impact on your lawn. Now is the time to reconsider your use of pesticides as a way to control those valuable plants, not weeds, to improve your gardens. Next time you look at a dandelion, remember the good that this singular plant has. And instead of ripping it out of the ground, give it a loving little pat, an encouraging word. Let that yellow flower bloom and grow. You end your speech with actions that result from the information you gave them in the middle of your speech. How does this apply? I'm at the end of my podcast right now. I guess I should say something really insightful and witty, right? Don't signal to your audience that you're about to wrap it up. They'll figure it out. They're smart. That's why the words in conclusion, frankly, aren't worth the breath to say it. Just get to your final words, which is why, although my podcast show notes almost say, wrap it up, Kim, I never say that. When you end your speech with a challenge, with an emotional kick that motivates people to action, you've nailed that conclusion. This does not happen by accident. I encourage you to write your conclusion first, then the body, and then the intro. But don't forget, you've got to come back Come back around to that conclusion that you've made it right for your speech. You may need to edit, and you may need to make some change to bring it home with strength and verve. It's worth the time and effort to make your speech conclusion as powerful as you need it to be. I guess now it's here where I say wrap it up, Kim. Toastmasters 101 is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. Our music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. When you write your speech, how do you do it? I'd love to know if you agree with me or if you just start at the beginning. Let me know by going to the Toastmasters 101 Facebook page and answering my poll. The link is in the show notes, or you can search Facebook for Toastmasters 101 podcast. There's a Toastmasters District 101, and they have a podcast too. We'll talk again next time on Toastmasters 101.